Time now for the Central Valley Sports Page with Jim Wells. Jim Wells, a fine, fine, fine young man. Never look him in the eye and never, never touch him. He thinks he's God's gift to women. Call the Sports Page with your takes and comments. What if he's crazy? Then what if he's not? I say it's like fire. December 11, 2003, right here. Jim Wells with you. Dimitri Snare to my left. How you doing, D-Money? Chilling, man. What's up? <laughs> Not much. <laughs> Kitty Chavez also in the house. Kitty, uh, give me a sound bite ready just so you can say hello to the people in the way that you like to do it, and that's this way. Come on now, girl. Give it to me. Yeah, hello. There you go. That's Kitty Chavez. Well, not. That's Chris Farley, but Kitty as Chris Farley. Yeah, hello. <laughs> hey, guys. Good show planned for you today. We're going to be talking a lot of football, of course, because, uh, of course, the National Football League is getting busy, but one Really special game coming up this Saturday afternoon at 1 p.m. out at Stag Stadium at the uh, on the campus of UOP, and that is the Edison team uh, for the first time in a long, 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 long time going up in the playoffs. And we've got a special guest joining us right now, the Edison High School head coach Elliot Burke, and uh, Demetrius. Uh, we'll be talking pretty much to Elliot. Elliot, how you doing, man? I'm all right. How you guys doing this morning? We're doing We're great, doing man. Good. First time I've been able to talk to you, and congratulations on a great season. First off, uh, you know, exceeding expectations, I would imagine. And how does it feel, first off, to be uh, to be in this uh, position right now? Uh, it feels great for myself and the Edison High School football program, as well as the faculty and staff, being in a position that we've never been in before. It's just like being on uncharted ground, you know, it's exciting. Mm -hmm. You know, 20 years not being in the playoffs, and I, I guess, you know, are you kind of shocked that people are, are a little surprised by what you guys are able, to, are able to do this season, being that you guys were 10-1 and one last season, not being able to go to the playoffs because of uh, some violations and things like that, but were you kind of shocked that people were surprised by what your team was able to do this season? Not, necess not necessarily surprised about the community's reaction mm -hmm. because, you know, we never really were one of those teams that were talking about going 10-0 and or, and trying to get a subsection final championships, and we weren't the team expected to do it. You know, we just lined up and played every week, and it paid off, and we're here, and we're just excited to be here right now. Now, of course, like any other person that's going to be interviewing you, we're going to talk about Lavelle Hawkins a pretty good bit. But, you know, I also want to get a chance to talk about some of those other players on your team because yeah. I don't think they get the uh, respect, or maybe not the respect, but kind of the props that they deserve. Don't because, get any pop, man. It's yeah, all Lavelle. <laughs> yeah, it's all Lavelle, you know. But, but talk a little bit about Lavelle first off and, and, and a special athlete that he is. Oh, uh, you know, Lavelle is definitely a special student athlete in his own way because mm -hmm. the excitement that he brings to the game is just unparalleled. There aren't many kids that can do what Lavelle does at that age and you know anytime he gets the ball he's a threat to score so he's definitely excited, exciting to watch. Yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting that earlier in the season, everyone thought the game plan would be just to stop Lavelle. But talk about the, the metamorphosis that Tony Gomez has had over the season. I mean, we saw him sometimes being taken out of games, having Lavelle in that quarterback. And I, and I know that probably had more to do with getting Lavelle the ball more. But talk about how Tony Gomez has changed and, and the, the numbers he put up against Turlock and even more so the numbers he put up against St. Mary's last week. Well, you know, it's funny because looking at Tony's stats over the year, mm -hmm. he's been pretty much consistent knocking on the 300 door. And to be honest, 
I think pulling him in and out of some games might have kept him from looking as good as he does now as he could have looked then. So it's just a situation where Tony's always been a good guy. You know, he's been mm -hmm. in the program for like three or four years. Mm -hmm. I remember watching him on the JV team, and he was doing the same thing. It was just a matter of maybe our own stubbornness as a coaching staff <laughs> wanting to feature Lavelle a little more when you normally should just go with a traditional quarterback and just go for broke. And that's kind of been my attitude the second half of the season. I'm going to win or lose with Tony, and at this point, I've been winning, and I feel really good about it. At the same time, though, Coach, you, you want to give Lavelle the ball because he is such a special player, right? That was the thinking early on in the season, of course, late in the season as well. And, uh, you know, when you have somebody that special, you, hey, the more the guy has the ball in his hands, the better, right? I mean, you could assume that, but I think what happened was, you know, I think it's easier to defend a guy like Lavelle, the quarterback, you know, as opposed to putting him out at wide receiver or lining him up at tight end or slot or something like that. Because then everybody really can't keep their eye on him. Whereas a quarterback, what teams were doing is, instead of rushing their defensive line 100%, they were spying him. I see. So yeah. it was almost yeah. like all eyes on Lavelle. Let's keep our eye on him. Where you put him a receiver, you throw him a slip screen. That's right. You throw him a curl. You throw him a bump. I mean, it won't. He won't. He doesn't have to knife through 11 guys like he would from the quarterback. That's right. You can, you can put him, and you can put him in motion a little bit, Coach, and uh, get him a little more speed uh, to start his route and, uh, you know, give him an advantage out there in, the, in those routes. That's correct. You know, it's just, you know, with a guy like that, if you just put him out on an island and make somebody have to guard him, you know, some teams are going to be stubborn in their own way and try and guard him man to man. And when they do that, we just <laughs> got to try and take advantage of that. Now, I know the, um, I was re reading this article about him in the uh, Sacramento Bee, and it says he's played wide receiver, tailback, quarterback, tight end, cornerback, linebacker, free safety, <laughs> and even one play at, uh, at defensive end. So you guys definitely get your use out of it, right? Well, you know what? To be honest, it all depends on the game plan, but LaBelle uh -huh. has played all those positions, even the defensive end. He kind of did that on his own, though. That was a game we were playing against Bear Creek. And, you know, Lavelle's the type of guy that wants to experience every part of a football field if he can. And, you know, I like to see him light up at the whole line since he thinks he can do it all. <laughs> he, I, hey, I've talked to that kid, and I bet you he'd take you up he on would, that if he you would. told him to. He'd go in there and be the nose tackle. So he'd, probably, he'd probably knock some defensive lineman on his butt, too. I'll tell you that. Hey, you know, um, I, I, heard, I read a quote from you that said, you know, Lavelle, everyone thinks that it's all about Lavelle. You know, Lavelle, he's going to get the ball. He's going to do his thing. But there's other players on this team that take care of business, too. And watching that game against St. Mary's, I mean, just to name a few of the guys, Tony Gomez, Balderrama, Wesley Mawia, Aquino Guyton, uh, McClendon, I'm probably missing a few. But talk about the role that they play, especially, I mean, Wesley Mawia, he's probably gotten a pretty good bit of pub, uh, you know, not compared to Lavelle's, but he's up there in the upper echelon of guys getting recruited also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, we got so many guys that it just, it's, it's, a, it's a fun and enjoyment because it's like got, other teams can't think that only Lavelle can beat them. You know, I heard going into the week uh, versus St. Mary's that they felt that they were not going to let Lavelle beat them. And it's a situation where if anybody thinks that we're one-dimensional to where we need Lavelle to score every touchdown, I mean, as a head coach, you're almost like you have to second-guess yourself because there's 11 people on that football field. And we're blessed this year with having some great talent and some great athletes and guys like Canella, guys like Wesley, guys like Marty, 
Lionel Rucker, I mean, Marvin McClendon, even Brandon Hollenbach. I mean, we just have so many guys that Tony has his choice to pick and choose who he wants to get the ball to. And, and with having that many guys, I think, you know, Eric Alves told me that uh, we might have had, like, close to 11 or 12 different guys score this year wow. in multiple ways. Yeah. And that just, that just shows you how what type of guys we have. You know, when you got that many different guys scoring, that lets you know that we're definitely not a one-dimensional team. Exactly, yeah. I think Eric told me it was something like 13 guys scored, and you said you think there's a few more that probably could score also. I mean, if we can just get, <laughs> if we can just get some other guys in the mix and in the rotation, I mean, easily we have three more guys that can score, especially even in regards to special teams because as much as teams pooch kick it and don't kick it deep and try and, like, you know, keep the ball out of Lavelle's hands, there are guys in that wall that on a kickoff return team that can score. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see when we get lined up with Grant and see how they approach it. But for the most part, it's definitely going to be a great game. Yeah, talk about that, that matchup between you guys and Grant. I, from what I understand, Grant is probably – as as athletic as you guys are, I don't think their game plan would be like uh, maybe some of the slower defenses. I think maybe you know. Do you think you'll see maybe some one-on-one -on -one matches with Lavelle? Oh, I definitely expect that. I also expect him to kick the ball deep. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's a shame that in the SJWA people fear people and don't kick it deep and resort to onside kicks and pooching it. But <laughs> I know going in against Grant, they're going to kick it to our guy. We're going to kick it to their guys. I mean, it's going to be one of those like games that. where it's going to be like if you can score, give us the opportunity to score because I, I'm not a firm believer in the push kicking and onside kicking and taking the excitement out of the game. You know, people come to the game to see it really, really happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes some of the tactics that people are using in the SJAA, I kind of feel it's childish because they want to take away from the excitement of the game. But looking at Grant, I mean, I, I kind of feel we might have the edge in, in, in – uh, and skill position speed, mm -hmm. but overall speed, I think Grant might have us. I think their big boys might better move a little faster than us. So I expect no shorts in this game. You know, it's going to be a really fun game, and everybody's going to get a chance to show off their capabilities. And, you know, last man standing will be the winner, but at the same time, I expect a great game. We're talking to the Edison High School head coach, Elliot Burker's team goes up to the finals uh, in the uh, Division One section playoffs uh, this Saturday at 1 p.m. over at UOP. Hey, coach, did that matter to you at all that they switched the game to a, to a day game? Does that affect your team at all? And have you guys played a day game this year? Uh, you know, let me see. We played one day game against Franklin. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't really affect us simply because a game is a game, and when you schedule to get, get to that game and play that game, you're going to get there. So yeah. it's not like we thrive on playing in the night or the evening. It's just a matter of getting my guys ready to uh, play on that day. And actually for us, it turned into an extra practice day. It turned into an extra weightlifting right. day. Yeah. And it also turned into an extra uh, – uh, conditioning day. So with that, you know, I almost feel like we get a little better edge just on 
what we do in our own regiment to prepare for a game on a Saturday. That's a good point. You know, talking about this Edison program a little bit, of course, last year they, they did very good things going, what, 9-1 and one last year. Of course, they were uneligible to go to the playoffs because of the violations there. Has it been a big challenge for you, Elliot, in getting these kids motivated <laughs> to do the things in the classroom? Or had they bought into your your idealism, your program, uh, right from the get-go? Was it, was it a challenge for you right off the bat, or did you see that they, they were really wanting somebody to lead them? Uh, you know, it, it was it was a challenge mm -hmm. in one regard to try and keep our team together because we had a lot of outside forces mm -hmm. trying to come in and illegally recruit some of our guys and get them to transfer schools and things like that. But for the most part, you know, as soon as Coach Guyton left and, and guys knew I was going to, like, take over the program, I mean, everybody on our campus jumped on the bandwagon. We know, we know, we, we knew we had an opportunity to do some big things. We just didn't talk about it, and, and, you know, even over the spring, I was telling the kids, you know, these are the things we need to be focused on if we just want to be a successful team because me, myself, I was telling everybody, you know, we can go 8-2, and 7-3 and three if we're lucky. Yeah. And, you know, you always want to speak from a humble perspective. You know, you don't want, you don't want to come in as a first-year coach and be like, yeah, we the baddest, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. <laughs> it wasn't about that. Yeah, then you, know, the, you, was, know, you get the kids respect that way. They don't, they don't want somebody coming in and saying, we're going undefeated because we're the men. You know, they, they, you know they, they, they've, seen, they've had enough cheerleaders in their lives. They need somebody that's going to lead them and be uh, somebody that gives them a little levity in their life. And um, Go ahead, Demetrius. Yeah, I wanted to know, um, I know you played at UOP, uh, the, one of the last teams, right, at UOP, and uh, talk about maybe some of the successes you've had in, in, in football and how you bring that to the Edison team. Uh, you know, really I just bring my own experiences from playing the game, and sometimes when my guys get out of line or they start acting like the game really isn't that important to them, I often reflect and, and use illustrations from my own career with them to get them to maybe humble up a little bit because, you know, these kids have never been in a situation where they played 13 straight games and have only lost two. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a big stumbling block when we lost to Lodi and keeping our guys on track after a Lodi loss. You know, a lot of people were walking around saying Edison will be lucky if they win another game yeah, now because yeah. people thought we were going to fall apart. But, you know, that was another situation where I used an experience from when I played and told them how this could affect us if we let it. And, you know, our guys really rebounded from the load I lost, and we went out the very next week and scored 40 against Bag, the most we scored all week. And then going into the Lincoln game, you know, we just weren't clicking as an offense. Uh, I felt like maybe I made some decisions, but like I was telling the kids, you know, listen to what happened to me. And I also have guys that I know, whether they play basketball or football, overseas or anything like that, I always have them come out and speak to the guys mm -hmm. because it's humbling for these guys to hear people who are paid professional athletes tell them about some of their experiences. And when you keep kids' mind in the game with how things happen, it hopefully it keeps them more in tune and then we don't fall off the back, off the back side of the boat because of our own ignorance, you know. And that's kind of what's kind of held us together, just being able to tell these kids, listen, I've seen this happen. Mm -hmm. This was the outcome. We don't need that to happen to us. We're talking to Elliot Burke, the Edison High School head coach. Elliot, is there a coach out there that you had growing up, maybe Pop Warner, maybe high school, maybe at UOP or, or in other football avenues that you've played that has uh, really kind of had an impact on you, made you want to get into this avenue of, of coaching football and young men? 
easily. You know, every coach really that I've had yeah. in my life, from my high school coach, Coach Shaughnessy, Coach Shag, who's out at Albany High now, mm -hmm. uh, Coach Ed Hall, who uh, coached me over at DBC, and even Coach Shelton, who uh, dealt with me at uh, UOP. They were all humbling experiences because every coach that I had in my life taught me something, and I try and use everything that I've learned and kind of carry it on with my guys, and I hope that my guys learn things from me as I learn from my coaches because it's a long road when you want to play football. You know, some of my guys are going to be fortunate to jump straight to Division One. Yeah. Some of my guys are going to have to go JUCO, and, and you know, it's going to be hard because we're going to leave one system and go into another mm -hmm. and really have to understand how to get along in that system. And those are the issues that I try and get my kids to realize that they have to deal with even on our own campus because it's not going to be always one coach for you that's looking out for you. You know, you got to put your faith as a student athlete and the other coaches as you get older and move to different programs. And if I just get these guys to understand that to always have faith and believe in their programs and, and build a rapport and a relationship with their coach, That'll make life easier for them, and that's what it's really all about, making life easier for these guys, not giving them no shortcuts or no easy ways to get by, but just putting them in a position so that they understand how to deal with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Is, does it help kind of, I know you talked about having uh, professionals come in and speak to your team or, or guys who coached on another level or played on another another level. Does it help having, uh, I know you have assistant coach Andre Horace who played over at Boise State, Anthony Baker who played um, football in, in college also. Does it help having those guys on the staff also? Oh, having those two guys is, is like a blessing in disguise because what you have to realize is those two individuals have gone through the situation of being at Edison when they were on that losing streak. Mm -hmm. So when you need reiteration for why the program can be good and why we should focus on being a better team, those two guys simply just reiterate how it was to lose like 10 games in a row and how it was like to have a new coach every year for three years. You know, when you have guys like that that have been in the program and have watched the program flutter, it's easy to get positive reiteration for why we can be good because we're not doing those things that were going on then. Now we're doing a totally different script. So it's easier for the kids to understand. Here's a real life point. Anthony Baker played here. He went here. This is how it was. It doesn't need to be like that. And when they hear it from Coach Torres and Coach Baker, it's much more serious than what I could ever say because those guys went through the experience yeah. of playing at Edison High. That's uh, that's a big time point, a big time, uh, a big time advantage too for your players. Elliot, a lot of respect for you, man. I hope the best for your team. Hopefully, you guys get one for the uh, for the South section here because we deserve it. That's <laughs> it's been a while, baby, and hopefully you guys can grab that as we let you go, man. One of the things I love that Lavelle Hawkins said in the uh, in the record was, uh, and he's talking about you. He says, Coach has been the same all year. He's one of those calm dudes, and uh, and he says, and he did a good job of handling all that yelling and stuff. If it was me, I probably would have got mad and said something, but he's a grown man and he knows how to handle the situation. You've got the player's respect and that's key. Coach, good luck to you again. I appreciate you taking the time out of your morning, man, and uh, oh, and we'll talk to you next week when you guys have that banner. You get ready to put it up in your gymnasium, huh? Hey, thank you for having me and I appreciate you guys having me on the air this morning and 
you know, maybe we will get a banner from this part of Stockton and even the whole community of Stockton since it's been a while. Yeah. But I uh, hope to see you guys out there like I know I will. And, <laughs> you know, go Vikes. Go Vikings. All right, man. We'll talk to you. Uh, it's Elliot Burke. Well, great interview right there, man. That guy is a well-spoken head coach. And you can tell the players love and respect that guy. And vice versa. He respects and loves his players as well. He's gotten them in the classroom. They're productive citizens right now in the city of Stockton. That's the bottom line right there because Edison's had this stigma to him. And maybe we'll talk about that further on. But a great interview with Elliot Burke of Edison. When we get back, we'll talk more and uh, we'll set up the rest of the show for you and tell you what we're going to be doing. This is Jim Wallace, Demetrius Snare, Kitty Chavez on the Central Valley Sports page.